Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking up a welcome back to the water cooler? Where we cover everything you need to know to not sound like an asshole at work. And we've officially given up sports podcasting. This is now officially a karaoke podcast only. Karaoke pod, send your requests. What's your go-to karaoke song? Gun to your head. What are you singing? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air all day and twice on Sundays, dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I've seen it live. It's beautiful. Love to see it. Tell the people yours. It's uh, Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. Ever heard of it? Oh, yeah. I've heard you do it. Heard you Under perform. the Sea. Under the Sea. All right. Let's get right into it. It is Monday night. We had a doozy, two fucking NFC North heavy hitters. Uh, the old school NFL, the Chicago Bears, went to Minnesota and put up a whopping 12 points to get the dub, 12 to 10 over the Vikings. They didn't do it very pretty. It was ugly the whole game. There was more turnovers in a fucking bakery in December, but they got the win. I'd like to uh, personally thank the College of the Redwoods men's basketball team for having a home game tonight to prevent me from watching this first half of the game because, man, what a shitter it seemed like. And the second half wasn't much better, but at least I saw some points and some action, entertainment. Uh, but, yeah, very, very disappointing outcome for the Vikings they were sitting at six and five with an opportunity get to seven and five and really be looking good in the playoff race and you lose at home to a Bears team that's shown signs of major struggle throughout the season and just can't get anything going on offense yeah that was crazy the the Vikings should have won that game Dobbs threw I think three picks I have to double check a lot of them were tipped it was just kind of one of those weird games where the ball was just bouncing all over the place, but they should easily be seven and five right now. And that would have them looking at like the five seed. Like they would be almost locked into a playoff spot. They could just play average football the rest of the year. Now the whole thing's up in the air because Dobbs looks like he's a, you know, quarterback that nobody wants. And Justin Jefferson still hasn't come back. They got a buy next week and his future's kind of up in the air with the team right now. Doesn't feel good to be a Vikings fan. I'm sure. Yeah, and sadly for them, it really hasn't uh, felt good for them, the majority of uh, that franchise. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe Dobbs needs to request his release because he always seems to have the magic with the team for the first like three weeks. Maybe he just needs to bounce around uh, the league that way because he's. It's it seems like a clock struck midnight on that uh, Cinderella story over there. Yeah, imagine if the uh, Jets could get their hands on him for three games before Rodgers come back. There you go. They might be back in the playoff push. But on the other end, Fields Fields impressed me with that last drive. Like I, you know, that last throw he made. So he had two bad turnovers. Or tough to say bad, just bad spot turnovers. Uh two fumbles. Um that second one, he was, you know, rushing, going for a first down. And the defender, more props to the defender than like shitting on fields. Like that defender put his helmet directly on the ball anyone's gonna have a tough time holding on to it at that point you can argue that he should have tucked it better but like like i said it, it was third and long he was going for a first down um but that last drive he made that he made a throw to dj Moore to get him into field goal range and all but ice the game 
because uh, it was literally a chip shot field goal at that point. And that throw was just, it was on the money. You know, he sat in the pocket, fired it over the middle, Moore got it done. And that's the kind of throw that's like, wait, maybe we should just try to build around this guy rather than trying to get a new quarterback in here and still have a shitty offensive line, still not really have a lot of help around him. Maybe build around the guy you currently have and use those high picks for for other pieces around him. Yeah, those picks can definitely build like a foundation of a team, which, you know, if you don't have a great quarterback in the NFL, it's tough to win Super Bowls. But if you don't have a great offensive line and great defense and and all the other pieces, it's hard to even win games. So they definitely got to do that. Fields has kind of done this, though, his whole career where it's like he shows these moments where you're like, all right, this guy is great. This There's a reason he was drafted so high. And then he has, you know, the first three quarters of the game where it's like, what the fuck are we doing? But tonight, honestly, I know you missed the first half. It, the third quarter and most of the fourth quarter was pretty much the same. They were throwing screen pass after screen pass. Yeah. It was like the most predictable, boring-ass play calling I've ever seen. And I feel like they're just holding this guy back. Like, they don't do anything to, like, scheme up plays that are designed for him. It's like they don't trust him to throw the ball down the field, and they think DJ Moore can just catch it two yards behind the line of scrimmage and take it to the house because he did it that one game. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. Like, you can't just fucking do that over and over again. It was crazy yeah. to watch. Yeah, the, the game he was doing that was against his former team in a re- revenge game, and that team has one uh, one win on the season. So, you know, that's not your uh, – that's not your line on what a what a regular you know NFL defense looks like. Yeah, hundred percent. Anything else from this game? I don't think so. Let's uh, yeah, let's move on from the these two shit teams before we lose some listeners. Get uh, Eberflus the fuck out of here. Yeah, get him gone. Although I will give him this this prop. He's a defensive coach. His defense has been playing pretty damn good these last few weeks. They've won a few games in this span and on the flip side a guy like brandon staley who's also a defensive coach continues to lose games because of his defense so um i'll give him those props at least really quick before we go on a dot average depth of target for justin fields through three quarters today was 1.1 yards which means the average depth of of all of his throws, the average distance down the field, he was only at one yard down the field. That's insanity. That's It must have gone up in the fourth quarter because they had to push the ball because they were trailing. And then he made some great throws. Like you said, he was like, oh, shit, that's a number one quarterback right there. Why didn't we do that a little bit earlier in the game? That could have yeah. been fun to watch instead of this 12 to 12 fucking 10 shithole. Exactly. And throwing those passes isn't going to prove you anything on his future with the team. So why not test him? Because – it's not the worst case scenario if you lose these games right now. Yeah. It makes no sense. Hey, you should be a fucking head coach in the NFL, my friend. Hey, thanks, man. All right, let's move on. We got Thursday night football coming up. We'll do a little preview before we touch on a couple other things and get the hell out of here tonight. We got the Seattle Seahawks going to Dallas against the Cowboys on completely opposite sides of the momentum spectrum right now. The Seahawks just got crushed on Thursday night. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have been steamrolling bad teams all year. The Cowboys are nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The over-under is 46. I know you love the Cowboys. Tell me why, because I just can't get there. I think the Seahawks are gritty enough to hang tight with them. 
careful with your words there. I don't I don't by any means love the Cowboys. I thought I you love, told me before we got on that you love the Cowboys more than any team in the NFL this week. Shut. Is that no? That's not shut, true. Don't I n- never said that. Never said that. Okay. What I did say before we got on to this recorded Zoom was that I love the Cowboys in this spot. I think the Seahawks kind of suck. I think they're going to go through this span here. They played the Niners last week. They played the Cowboys on the road this week. They go home after that um, and play the Niners again before hosting the uh, Eagles, I believe. Maybe I switched it up. But hey, uh, somewhere along the like, good teams. Good teams. Niners again, and then the Eagles in there too. It might be uh might have got the the weeks mixed up, but either way, they're in a span where it feels like they're gonna be looking at six and eight out of this. And I just think on the road against the Cowboys, uh, who are coming off a dominant performance, you know they hear everyone talking about how they haven't beat a team over five hundred yet. What's the Seahawks record? Six and five. They can be that first team, and you know the Cowboys don't want to let that slip up. And I think they'll run that shit up on them at the end like they did with Washington and just be like, nah, we're we're tired of people calling us frauds. In my mind, the Seahawks aren't a team that actually proves that uh, for them, but they can uh, use that as a little bit of momentum there. And I I think the Cowboys are going to kick the shit out of them, honestly. Yeah, I really wanted to go against you here. I wanted to be contrarian and say the Seahawks are going to hang tough. They're going to fight. I think they will for like the first half. Kind of like we saw last week with the Commanders, which the Seahawks are better than that. But then it's going to come to a point in the fourth quarter where the only way that they can get back into the game is with Geno dropping back and having to throw down the field over and over and over again. And the Cowboys love that shit. They got an amazing defensive line that's going to get after him, and their defensive backs are just fucking flying right now. I'm going to have to bet a little Deron Bland pick six. That might be the move. Geno Gino would hook you up with that, I think. Yeah, he he's the guy that loves to do that for you. So I wanted to go Seahawks here because I think they are like still gritty. They're still in the playoff hunt and it still matters. And like you said, the Cowboys haven't beat a team above 500 this year. And after they beat the Seahawks, they still won't because they'll be exactly 500. Yeah. But yeah. the Seahawks just aren't good. Yeah. Sorry, Thor. Uh, might want to mute this, but. Yeah, they're not good. They're they're they will be six and eight. They're gonna lose to the Cowboys. It is the Niners after that on the road again. And then they go back home, but they're hosting the Eagles. I it's they're just a very touch tough stretch. Lucky for them, that last spot in the NFC, especially with that Vikings loss tonight, may still be up for grabs and they the schedule gets a little more favorable towards those last three games. So this isn't writing them off as a playoff team. This is writing them off as any sort of potential contender. And just, I don't think they're going to have a very good showing on Thursday. Looking ahead three weeks, are you worried about the Eagles going to Seattle and the Seahawks taking away the bird supremacy of the Eagles? Not even in the slightest. That's the furthest thing on on my mind right now. Huge game for the bird power rankings though. (laughs) It is. It is, which you should probably release those again for Thor. Yeah, we'll get those out soon. The Ravens are soaring, but the Eagles cannot be shot down just yet. Anything else from this game? I don't think so. I think, uh, like I said, I just like the Cowboys here. I think the I think Dak's going to have another good game, and they're going to keep things rolling and and try to build some momentum going into the final stretch. Mm-hmm. If anything, you know, 
the Cowboys, this is a bigger game for them than it is the Seahawks. Not as far as like standings go because they're squarely in the playoff race. Like they're, they're good to go. They're going to make the playoffs. It's a big game because they have to show that they can beat like a decent team, let alone a top tier team like the Eagles and the Niners and those guys. So if they come out and lay an egg at home and lose to the Seahawks or, or don't even cover this nine, like if it's a three point game, fucking forget them. Like they're not going to do shit in the playoffs. They need to come out here and dominate this game and show that they're legit, show they're for real. And then I think I can start to take them serious as like a legit NFC contender. Yeah. What do we always say? Good teams win, great teams cover, right? If they, cover right here. They, they can't cover this at home on a Thursday night, what, what are we doing, you know? If I know Mike McCarthy, they ain't covering. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. That covers it for the NFL this week. We'll We'll be back on Friday, Friday morning for you fine folks to cover all the weekend games, get the full slate going and recap that Thursday night game. Hopefully talk about a good game, but we'll see. Before we do that, before we head out and say good night, we mentioned it last week. We had a huge week in college football. Uh, we had the game. Michigan beat the fucking shit out of Ohio State by six. It was a big six points, though. Like I said yesterday, great day to be a Harbaugh. Great weekend to be a Harbaugh. Um, there were some other close games that came down to the wire, but pretty much all the favorites won. So the, the standings kind of stayed as is. But now we have conference championship week in college football. And we've got huge matchups across the board. So in the Pac-12, you've got Oregon versus Washington. Right now, Washington's number four. They're undefeated. Oregon's number six at 11-1. Um, we got Georgia and Alabama, probably the biggest rivalry in all of college football with Michigan and Ohio State right there. Georgia's number one versus number eight, Alabama. Michigan plays Iowa. They should beat the fuck out of them. That's not a real big one. But there are some huge games, and only four teams make the playoffs in college football. How the fuck is this going to shake out? It feels like, I mean, Michigan should have a cakewalk there. It's a com- comical spread and over under in that game uh michigan's favored by like 23 points and the over under is like 35 and a half it's just it's ridiculous basically what that means is they know iowa has a good defense but that offense literally can't score points and so should get out of hand there michigan Did you should do be the math to... on that for the implied score yeah so that what would that be that would be 20 29 uh, to 6 29 to half point somewhere yeah yeah that's crazy Crazy. So Michigan should be able to lock up that spot easily. Georgia is in an interesting spot because even with the loss to Alabama, it's hard. If they are competitive, it's hard to imagine them falling out because they were the champions last year. They've been dominant this year. Bama's a great team, obviously, who was able to even be in the spot through an incredible comeback win against uh, Auburn last week. And just was, you know, all time, all time finished in that game. But if Bama, Bama able to win, they could potentially sneak in, but I don't think there's going to be enough room. It's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird how it shakes up. I, you know, as someone that's not a huge fan of college football and like I'll tune in this weekend because of the, you know, the matchups that Washington, Oregon game is going to be great, but I'm just rooting for chaos. I would like to see Bama beat you know, Bama beat Georgia and, you know, just uh, muddy up those waters. Give me, you know, I think I'd, I'd rather see Washington 
win just because I'm a Ducks hater. Um, you know, there's too many too many Ducks fans up up on the Pacific Northwest where we grew up. But uh, if they win, that muddies that up too. Although oh, Oregon winning probably guarantees them a spot. Um, but yeah, just give me some chaos. If 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 Bama wins, can Bama really jump Texas, who was the only team that beat Bama this year? Like it's just chaos. So give me give me all of that. Yeah, that's what's the best about this, which uh, I think we both agree. The 14 playoff is dumb. They need to go to yeah. eight and eventually 16, hopefully. But with the four team, you get this crazy shit where it's like going into last week, it was Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, which would leave out an 11 and 0 Florida State team. So they've already said like the Florida State is going to be the ACC champions unless they lose the championship game this weekend against Louisville. Um, but the, the committee doesn't give a shit because the ACC is so bad. And yeah. Florida's starting quarterback is the guy that fucking broke his leg on live TV last week. Shit yeah. was like popped out of his fucking skin. So the committee's already said, we don't really give a shit about Florida State. Ohio State lost, so they're pretty much done at this point. If Alabama beats Georgia and they're 11-1 and and Texas is 11-1, Oregon's 11-1, and Washington's 11-1, I don't see any way they keep Bama out after beating Georgia. Yeah. It's Alabama. Yeah. This happens all the time where the SEC sneaks in the second team. Yeah. Or, I mean, you want an 11-1 Pac-12 team or an 11-1 Alabama who beat Georgia and is an SEC champ? Yeah. Yeah, I think whoever wins that Pac-12 game between Washington and Oregon is in. Because if Washington wins, they're 13-0. Yeah. There's no way you can even argue that at that point. But if they were to lose – a close game, you know, losing overtime to Oregon, a team they already beat, and then they lose the super close match. It's hard to just be like, yeah, Oregon's in automatically over them when, you know, that makes them one on one against each other in two close games. Um, but that being said, if Bama does come out and beat Georgia, the SEC is like the powerhouse of the nation in regards to college football. How are you going to keep them out? It's, yeah, crazy. But then Ohio State's argument would be we're eleven and one, and our only loss is to the now number one Michigan. How are you gonna keep us out? It's it's gonna be wild. It'll be fucking fun to watch. I love what you say. Like root for chaos, except for Michigan. Don't lose to Iowa. That would be bad. That would be bad. Twenty three point favorites. Don't do that. Uh, But everything else, like I want to see triple overtime in that fucking Bama Georgia game. I want to see sixty six to sixty seven in that Oregon Washington game. I I just want all the fucking craziness. That's when college football is the best. Yeah, that's the that's the best part of college football, and that's the part about it that's fun too. Is like the skill. The part that's like makes it not as fun to watch is just the sheer skill level. Like, there's not as much, you know just talent everyone out there is not you know crazy talented but what makes it fun is like the chaos within the game of just in regards to there'll be moments where guys are just wide the fuck open like the offense is just going crazy people are open everywhere quarterbacks are just flinging it around and it's just it's just chaos within the game and that can be just as enjoyable to watch sometimes yeah absolutely so that wraps it up for the football portion of the show. You know I'm the biggest casual there is out there when it comes to NBA. Lay it on me. What's going on? I know the Kings have been looking decent. They are they got one more game to punch their ticket as the winner of their group for the end-season tournament, which is winding down in the group play stage. How are we looking? 
Yeah, that's um kind of where we'll touch base on. So that end season tournament's getting going. Um, some a couple teams have already locked spots up. Pacers went four and zero in Group A in the Eastern Conference, which is a kind of a shocker there. Um, you got the Bucks at three and zero. That's all getting sorted out tomorrow. Um, Lakers four and zero in their group. Uh, so they're they clinched a spot in the quarterfinals. They'll be hosting a game for that. So it looks the semifinals are what starts in Vegas. Semifinals and finals in Vegas. The quarterfinals are at the home of the higher seed. And those all start, I believe, um, early December. I think December 9th was the first date I saw um, starting for those. So that's how that's shaken up. Um, and like we said, you know, this in-season tournament, it's it's been cool. It's a nice little change up. It makes you pay like for casuals like us, makes you tune in a little bit more. Um, the players definitely seem to care. There's, you know, $500,000 per player is the prize money, which, you know, for the top stars, for LeBron, that's not a lot of money. But like Damian Lillard said in a post-game interview after one of the in-season tournament games, it does mean something to them too because they're looking at guys on their roster who are, you know, at the end of the bench who are, that's almost doubling their salary for the season. Like they want to win for those guys, which is cool to see. And uh, I think, I think guys, once it really gets to the quarterfinals and I think tomorrow with a lot up in the air, tomorrow's going to be a good day to watch some basketball. If you haven't really tuned in this year, it's Tuesday. There's no football on Um, just, you know, tune into some of these basketball games because teams are playing for these spots and they want the $500,000. Hell yeah. And even if you're, you know, LeBron, you're fucking filthy rich, you win that 500K and you just walk into the casino because you're in Vegas. Yeah. Put it all on black. Like, yeah. hey, that's fucking cool too. You know, yeah. I'll, you're going to have a great <laughs> night. Whatever team wins that, oh, they're going to have a fucking hell. Makes, of- makes me want to be in Vegas for it, not get a ticket for the game. Just be, try to yeah, lurk around, around the expensive casinos at, at wherever, you know. Just like a creepy uh, fall on LeBron around. <laughs> Not for, not for LeBron, just a ball with the 500K, you know? Yeah, yeah, I feel you, I feel you. But uh, some, some onto the regular standing, some surprises. So Celtics are up at the top in the Eastern Conference. That's not too surprising. Bucks in third at 12 and five. Uh, Sixers at 12 and five as well. None of that too surprising. But the second seed, Orlando Magic sitting at 12 and five. That's definitely a shocker. Uh, they've won seven straight. They, you know, Paula Benchero is their young stud. They they have some dudes over there that are pretty entertaining, fun to watch. On the Western Conference side, the Timberwolves, Minnesota Timberwolves, still holding strong. Anthony Edwards doing his damn thing out there, balling. They're sitting at 12 and four. And another surprise, the two seed Oklahoma City Thunder, which on that note, Chet Holmgren is doing crazy things in the league right now. He's uh so for those casuals out there like us, he was drafted last year with the number two overall pick sat out the year due to a foot injury. So he's technically a rookie this year. He didn't play a game last year, but in his first season this year, he's just out there putting up crazy numbers. He's averaging like 16 a game, um, getting a bunch of rebounds, 18, 18. Mm-hmm. but he's shooting. The thing with him is he's shooting incredible. He's shooting um, around 60% from the field around, uh, or I think he's at like 56 from the field. He's at like 40 something from three. And then he's in the nineties for free throws. So that, that, uh, that level of shooting is just 
insane, especially for someone that's over seven foot tall. And he's, you know, given Wimby a run for his money as in the rookie of the year race for sure. Yeah, he's been looking phenomenal. He dropped 33 the other night. He uh, posted someone up. I saw a big highlight coming from him. Uh, he looks awesome. The only problem with the Thunder, Josh Giddy's a fucking sicko, dude. Yeah, that shit's crazy. I don't – the league is so crazy with their, like, double standards. Every league's like it, but I just don't understand. You know, we, we give baseball a lot of shit for doing things wrong, but when the Wander Franco stuff came out about him – you know, having an underage girlfriend, which is just insane. And he, but what they do, they put him on administrative leave right away. It was leading into the playoffs too. It's not, the Rays could have been scumbags and been like, nah, it's not like we need to investigate this and kept him out on the field. Nah, they shut him down right away. Dude will probably never touch foot on a baseball or MLB diamond again. Josh Giddy, similar rumors come out that he's sleeping with like a 16 year old or 17 year old. 15. 15? My God, dude. Yeah, bro. What happens? They they the league says they're investigating it, and then they play they play him after he sat out like one game. And what what happens in his return? The fucking scumbags in Oklahoma City are giving him like a round of applause. Like that's the craziest shit. Who's the guy in uh fuck? Is it Memphis? Dallas? Who just came back from beating up his fucking wife or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bridges, bridges yeah. for Charlotte yeah. too, and they're like, "Oh, welcome back!" So, dude, that's a fucking scumbag. Like, get that guy dude, out of here. It's crazy, and yeah, same thing. MLB too. Julio Urias for the Dodgers. Yeah, gets in trouble for for domestic violence, and he's he's done. He's done, and and uh, yeah, the NBA just seems to turn their head on that. But then on the flip side too, you have you know John Rant who not to defend him, that shit was stupid too, pulling out guns on Instagram live, whatever the fuck. But he, he got put through the ringer on it. And it's like, I just don't get the double standard. I don't get it. Yeah. It's cool to have sex with 15 year olds. Just don't shoot them. Yeah. Jesus. And that's yeah. not my words. That's a, uh, who is it? David Stern these days. I don't even know. Silver. Silver, Adam Silver, whoever is listening. Don't do not clip that. That was Adam <laughs> Silver said that quote it. <laughs> I think that's good on that. Let's do one little thing before we, before we say goodnight. One last thing after the last thing. Didn't even, didn't even talk about this before. Who do you think, since we haven't talked any hockey yet, are the number one teams in each conference? East, East versus West. We're just guessing right here. I got it in front of me, so I'll guess right. But let's, I want to hear what you think. Okay. For the East, I'm going to go Toronto Maple Leafs. Tough guess, man. They are in seventh right now. Okay. Tough, not tough bad. start for them. They're right in the thick of it, though. Who you got in the yeah. West? Uh, in the West, I got the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Ooh, they're in second. One point behind the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's go, oh, Vegas. That was my other guess. <sighs> and the uh, New York Rangers, first place in the East with the Boston Bruins right behind them. Well, okay. Actually, they're tied in points. So, uh, but the Rangers have one more win. So I'll give them the nod. Our, uh, our little Sharkies, though. Worst team in the entire league with 12 points. Oh, yeah. They're five and 15 and two. All what we need to do is uh, start like we need to do research on who the top pick's supposed to be this year and just become yeah. huge fans of that guy. Let's do it. I'm down for that. We are officially a that guy pod. Yeah. <laughs> hey, anything else? I think that was enough hockey for the next month. Yeah, I think so. Hockey, hockey. Let's not let's not shit on it completely. So, how we said we're casuals in basketball. 
that means we check in regular season stuff still. We'll watch a game here and there regular season. Hockey, I'm not touching that shit till like April, like the lead up to the playoffs. Playoff hockey is absolutely electric. Once it gets yeah. to once once we get to you know March April we'll become more of a hockey pod. That week before we'll we'll get into it. We'll do some shit. We'll go to a Sharks game. We'll fucking get we'll get uh, absorbed into the culture. That's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get dialed in. Um, one one more thing back on basketball before we tune off. Your Kings are sitting in the sixth seed at nine and six. My Lakers down in the eight seed at ten and eight. They've shown some life. They're they're a big in season tournament team. Um, yeah, we're focused right now on the goal at hand. Yeah, Lake combined, we're seven and zero oh in the in season yeah. tournament. Just crazy. Kings can lock that up uh, tomorrow. Uh, the Lakers did get ag- absolutely shit pumped in Philadelphia today against the 76ers. But I will say this, not really fair. Jalen Hurts was in the house. Hassan Reddick was in the house. There was championship vibes in in, in the building. Um, Lakers were up against it. What can I say? Yeah, you know, when the when the Eagles are flying, when those birds are fucking thumping, the yeah. vibes are high in Philly. You saw it with the Phillies. It just gets crazy over there. It does. It does. Hey, anything else you want to talk about? Nah, man, just go out, have a good week. We're almost into December. Just, you know, go out and be kind and go win some money. Have a fucking Tuesday. We love you guys. Yeah, we love you. Cheers. With that, I'll see you at the water cooler. Cheers. Double cheers. Place it in your mind, everything could change in just one night.